Genesis AI's uh, website that uh, is basically an Amazon for AI. So it's a marketplace for uh, AI API, so people can go to our platforms, they can discover, test, and uh, integrate different AI APIs. Hey everyone, welcome to Brains Behind AI, show where we meet the innovators, entrepreneurs, and the real brains behind some of the most successful AI startups. We ask them about their journey from coming up with the idea to finding the product market fit. And from their experience, draw a set of principles that we can take away to ours. This is your host, Ari. Thank you for spending time with us. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brains Behind AI. Today we have a very special guest. He's in his 20s and taking over the world of AI. Forbes 30 under 30, Harvard graduate with a degree in economics, frequently published by media outlets such as New York Post and Yahoo Finance. He traded in a career at the largest hedge fund in the world to be an AI entrepreneur. He's the founder and CEO of Genesis AI, where they're building an AI marketplace. Archie Chesvili, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ari. Glad to be here. Hey, Archie, before we dive into this show, I want to take a minute to get to know your transition into AI. How did you go from a hedge fund guy to saying, hey, let me go out and start an AI company? Yes, so I got uh, very interested in AI when I was... uh, in college, uh, I was just learning about what this technology is about. And at that time, my close friend uh, died in a car crash. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, it was because he was uh, a little bit intoxicated. And then I started to learn about how self-driving cars uh, can actually be much more reliable and much safer than than uh, cars being driven by humans as AI doesn't get drunk and blah, 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 right? So uh, I started to explore more about the technology behind self-driving and this was what sparked my interest. And since then, I have never really left the AI space. Very nice. Did you have any exposure to it at Bridgewater where you were working on the finance side? I know I've seen it pretty extensively used in the finance world. Yes, I, on Bridgewater, I was uh, on the investing side and uh, actually one of the most uh, secretive and uh, popular teams there uh, using ML techniques to better understand uh, cause-effect, fundamental cause-effect relationships uh, in the market. And uh, Ferrucci, which is, uh, which is basically an inventor of IBM Watson, was heading this efforts. And um, I think Bridgewater is probably uh, one of the earliest uh, adopters of AI in finance. And now there's a lot more other, almost every hedge fund claims they use AI. So uh, it's, the industry has really been transformed in the last couple of years. So let's talk about Genesis AI. What is Genesis AI? Yes, yeah, so Genesis AI is a website that uh, is basically an Amazon for AI. So it's a marketplace for 
uh, AI API so people can go to our platforms, they can discover, test, and uh, integrate different AI APIs. Uh, they are also able to combine different AI tools for a better performance and functionality. So our mission is really to provide very accessible AI marketplace that also combines different AI tools for a better accuracy rates. Got it. So let me let me see if I can understand it. If say I'm an e-commerce shop, I, I sell stuff online, and I'm looking to add a recommendation engine to my website or to my Shopify store where I want to make sure the artificial intelligence is recommending the products. So I can actually go to the Genesis AI marketplace and I can I can go shop for a recommendation engine algorithm. I can shop for segmentation tools or clustering tools that are designed and tailored for e-commerce. Does that sound right? Yes, exactly. Yes. So, so for example, I want to do a, a deep fake analysis. I want to understand whether a video uh, contains deep fake or not. Let's say I saw this really funny Tom Cruise TikTok video and I want to know whether it's actually real or not. Or or more on a serious note, let's say that there is a new viral video that came out about Biden where he talks that, uh, uh, you know, let's say he hates all the Republicans and uh, I, uh, you want to know whether this video is real or not. So you go to Genesis AI platform first, you can compare different services and finally you can uh, literally upload uh, this video and it will tell you whether it, has con- it contains the fake or not. If you want to systematize it, this is also possible. You copy-paste few lines of code, put it into your own development environment, and then you are able to make API calls, pretty much as much API calls as you want. Let's talk about the business of a Marketplace. A marketplace, in my experience, is a two-sided thing. You have to on one end, focus on making sure you have the products that the customers of your marketplace need. And at the same time, you need to build that customer base and they both need each other. So there is this chicken and egg problem. So I want to get a sense of how you're navigating this two-sided marketplace problem. Yeah, it's a really good question and a very tough problem too. So we basically... We went to solve this chicken and egg problem by seeding the supply side of the marketplace ourselves. So right now we have around 40 AI tools deployed. Some of them are deployed by our own, our own engineering team. So this way, when buyers come in, they can already use the tools and then we use this data to go to sellers and tell them that you can come to our platform, we bring users, we bring technology, and everyone makes money, everyone is happy. So this has been our strategy, and uh, we have up to around 2,000 users now, which is pretty good, and just started to generate uh, revenue also a few weeks ago, which is also great. And uh, let's see how far we can go in the next uh, 10 months. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty impressive how you have built a community around the marketplace here and on that in that initiative I, I see that you're also hosting a conference right in miami 
Yes, yes, this is really exciting. So when I moved to Miami during COVID, I found that there is basically no tech community, no AI community. Most of the AI conferences are happening in San Francisco, which uh, which is sort of uh, uh, the people are living and uh, people also don't really want to go to San Francisco anymore. So we wanted to uh, uh, organize a conference which would bring leading voices in AI so that people can learn more about commercial uses of AI, mostly learn also about AI marketing. That's our focus this year. And uh, also make some predictions of where AI will be five years from now. The reason the name we came up with AI 2027 is definitely because of this idea of we're starting in 2022, we're going to make predictions five years from now. Every year we'll be making new five-year predictions. And when 2027 year comes in, we will actually see which of our predictions were accurate and which was not. And we really want this place to be a place where people discuss not only past and present, but also make some predictions as well and really exciting it will be on may 24 may 25 and uh we have speakers from verizon ibm lots of big companies vcs uh, engineers and uh, also lots of startups that's super impressive so what we'll do is maybe what i can get from you at the end of the show a link to the event i'm sure a lot of listeners would be interested in attending and i know May is a really good month to be in Miami. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening there. So it's a win-win. So we'll definitely link it in our show notes for the for the audience to see if they're interested in joining or attending. Sort of returning back to the, the, the startup, let's get a sense of what have you experienced as an entrepreneur in terms of the challenges or in terms of learnings are there any key learnings based on your experience that you have sort of learned from, from starting this venture? Maybe it sort of starts from a challenge that you encountered and how you navigated it. So we're very, very interested in hearing about your learnings and challenges there. Yes, uh, for sure. So uh, one of the challenges, I mean, there are a few challenges, right? So uh, most of the startups are facing uh, uh, challenges with raising financial capital or uh, getting human capital or uh, uh, traction, right? So usually the three challenges. So to get uh, the human capital, my advice would be to uh, first gather a core team through your personal relations. Uh, uh, there is really no replacement to that. You cannot really start uh, well, I guess you can, but it's a naturally good idea to start a company with uh, someone you don't know very well. So find someone who has compatible strengths and weaknesses uh, and uh, then to be very generous with equity and salaries if you are paying. And then uh, after the second part is relatively easy, which is you uh, use uh, recruiters. Uh, they are very incentivized to find a hire for you because they're going to get paid commission. So just like work with like 10, 20 recruiters, they are going to be sending you this resumes basically all the time. So, you know, people have been complaining a lot or oh, hiring is so difficult, blah, blah, blah. It's actually not that difficult if you do it correctly. There's a recruiting system where you don't need to pay fixed amounts for someone to refer you a lead is absolutely 
ideal because at some point you're going to have someone who aligns with your values and interests and skills-wise, right? So it's usually just a matter of time. Yes, it's expensive, but good things in life are usually expensive, right? So that's first. Second, financial capital, right? So financial capital part is... Uh, where, so if you have a good company, you really don't need to be crazily good at storytelling. You don't need to be crazily good at pitching. A good company usually sells itself. You just should know how to uh, get yourself uh, in front of right uh, VCs. And that usually goes down to cold emailing uh, VCs and asking for some introductions and going to conferences. For example, we're going to have lots of VCs on our conference. And uh, uh, last part, uh, when it comes to attractions, that's the, that's the hardest part usually. Attraction is, uh, I would say, it's all about balancing persistence and uh, agility. If you pivot too early, you will probably uh, never find uh, what market truly wants. If you will be very persistent for too long, you're going to be wasting many, many years before you potentially figure out what market truly wants. So there's like ideal equilibrium that needs to be found between persistence and agility. That's pretty awesome, actually. And what you have just done is covered what I call the three things every CEO should be doing or thinking about doing. And that's essentially the job of the CEO. One, to set the strategy and the vision for the company. Two, recruit the right employees to execute on that strategy and vision. And three, make sure a company doesn't run out of money. It's beautiful how you touched on sort of your experience in all three. It's just pretty amazing that you're sort of triangulating between all three as a CEO. Now, what I want to sort of dive a little deeper into is, I believe you've raised $5 million in, in your last round. And I want to see if there are any learnings from the fundraising, anything you have learned that our listeners or aspiring entrepreneurs here can take away from. For sure. So we raised around $5 million. In total, and uh, we have two VCs as investors. We also did equity crowdfunding raise. We have around 4.5 thousand investors. And I'd like to thank everyone, uh, all of our investors for support. Uh, when it comes to uh, how to raise funding, so for first, uh, my first advice there is not just focus on uh, VCs, people, uh, you know, they spend uh, many years to raise from VCs and uh, there are alternative sources of capital. Uh, there are banks, of course, but they usually ask for collateral, blah, 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 not good for startups. There are uh, other ways, uh, mostly loan related, but equity crowdfunding is actually one of the ideal ways uh, of raising funding and getting customers and users at the same time. VCs claims that, oh, we will make you make thousands of introductions and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, they don't really bring any users unless you are very, very hardcore B2B company where it all goes down to uh, having 20 year plus relationship with, with companies. So especially if you're a B2C, I would say raising from the crowd is actually much better than raising from VCs. Uh, so I would say I would really encourage everyone to take a look to crowdfunding this market also have been going up uh, growing pretty fast they're on five to ten percent each month uh, and i think at some point maybe next uh, 20 30 years it probably will be as big as uh, venture capital markets 
Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I love how you have triangulated both the crowd with the VC. I think that's that's awesome. Which crowd platform did you use? We used the WeFunder, which is the largest one, and the Net Capital as well. Yeah, no, they're pretty good. Cool. All right. So the last question I have for you is what advice, what two cents would you give to any aspiring entrepreneurs that want to start? a next AI company or next company in general? What, what advice would you have for them? Yes, so I would say uh, to sort of like choose between, the, between two cases. First one is commercial use of AI, for example, where you can apply AI. And um, there can be millions of ideas there. A few years ago, people were not, for example, really applying AI to... Uh, generating text for digital advertising, right? So people were writing it by themselves, not using technology. And now there are many AI startups who are using AI to generate text for creatives, right? Uh, so just like really think about very broad where AI can be applicable, where people might pay for it. If you are a doctor, the best way is to think about what you do, where AI can be applied. If you are working in manufacturing, you think about there, blah, blah, blah. So that's the first. Second part is solving hardcore AI technology challenge, right? This, for example, is one of the things that we are doing. How do you combine AI models for a better performance, right? For example, averaging different outputs from different models to produce higher accuracy rates. So if you are a software engineer or if your CDO is very hardcore, very good in all things AI related, then you might actually be able to solve deeply rooted AI tech problem. And I would say opportunities actually in second is probably better than the first. So I would think about use this framework in deciding which AI, what type of AI company to start. Yeah, no, I love that. And like, I think having domain expertise is unique and starting with within your domain and seeing what problems can you solve is a great way to start. So excellent advice there. Hey, Arshi, I know you're a busy guy. Really appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us and... Good luck with the conference you're having and I'll, I'll put the link for our listeners as well for them to see and learn about the conference and see if they want to join. But really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Ari. That's all great. Thank you so much for being here today. If you like what you heard and are interested in more, visit us online at brainsbehind.ai and sign up for my monthly AI startup tracker. That's where I cut through the noise and bring you AI startups that are making tangible progress. Till next time, go out, be the brains behind AI.